بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين Dear brothers, السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Continuing we have started already to talk about the case of self-purification especially the case of the heart worshippings <coughs> Piece by piece talking about these cases of the heart worshippings will give us the most important push to clean this self, to make it really pure enough and good enough for Jannah. Let me remind you about this surah, this great surah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swore in it 11 times about one case. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والشمس وضحاها والقمر إذا تلاها والنهار إذا جلاها والليل إذا يغشاها والسماء وما بناها والأرض وما طعاها ونفس وما سواها 11 times He سبحانه وتعالى never swore this much of swearing in one place except in this place for one case قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها Those who purify themselves are winners Those who don't are losers So that means a true Muslim The true Muslim must try his best to purify himself to make it good enough for Jannah <coughs> I would like to remind you of the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which is narrated by al-Bukhari al-Muslim that al-Nu'man ibn Bashir radiyallahu anhuma narrated that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a long hadith end of the hadith he said ala wa inna fil jasadi mudgha idha saluhat saluhat jasadu kulluh wa idha fasadat fasadat jasadu kulluh ala wa hiya al-qalb this piece of flesh in the heart and the body which, called, which, which is called heart if it is okay the whole body will be okay I'm not talking again to say I'm not talking about the physical okay but I'm talking about the mental because the heart in here is the leader of the body whether it will lead the body to the right track or lead the body to the wrong track as Muhammad وسلم, told us in this hadith so we really need to take care of this heart to make it clean good enough in order to lead the body to the correct way tonight we are going to talk about another heart worshipping we said love fear hope patience thanking Allah Taala, and so on all of these are heart worshipping we need to talk about because the, the, the case of heart worshipping is more important than the body worshipping an example if you come to Salah Salah is containing heart worshipping and containing also body worshipping and also containing the tongue worshipping so which one is the most important? it's the heart worshipping because if, if there is the correct niya intention for Salah and there is also khushu' which is only by heart and the body is following then Salah will be fantastic. Otherwise, if there is no khushu' or no niyyah, Salah is not accepted. 
even if he does it the best, yani, the hypocrites in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they used to do salah fantastically. Because they are learning from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they are doing this behind Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in front of the others. So they were better than us in salah. I'm talking about the hypocrites, not about Sahaba. They have khushu'ah. No, only body khushu'ah, not heart khushu'ah. So in this case, the heart worshippings are more important than the body worshippings or the tongue worshippings. So we have to take care of the heart. Tonight we're going to talk about the case of tawakkul or reliance. Tawakkul. This is a big case. It is really a big case. Unfortunately, this tawakkul is not understood correctly by Muslims and also by Kafirs. Because Kafirs are really making fun of us, we Muslims, in the case of tawakkul because we really miss practice this case of tawakkul. What is tawakkul? It is a true dependence of the heart, of course, on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in everything in your life. True dependence. When a person depends on Allah, that means he really believes in Allah, the true belief. He really grace Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He really thinks that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most, the greatest subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most merciful. The one who is capable of everything, the, the controller. The one who subhanahu wa ta'ala can do anything he wants. When this glorification is in the heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the case of tawakkul is easy. Easy to understand, easy to practice. While those people who the, the faith of Allah or the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is weak in their hearts, they have dependence on the others more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As soon as they have any trouble, directly they go and ask, where can we find someone to help us in this case? While they were supposed to say, as Muhammad used to say and to do, is to depend on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then to do the reason. And I'll explain to you inshallah later on what do I mean by reasons and by dependence in this case. Because we have a problem among Muslims to say, are we going to use the reasons if we are depending on Allah or are we going to use them? Is it enough to just to depend on Allah and the salam khalas? No. Both of them are required. I'll talk about that in the end of the discussion inshallah subhanahu wa ta'ala this, uh, tonight. Listen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordering us to make tawakkul or reliance on him subhanahu wa ta'ala وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ That is in Al-Ma'idah Ayah number 23 Also He has told us what results are we going to get when we make tawakkul or reliance on him subhanahu wa ta'ala وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ That's At-Talaq Ayah number 3 There are more ayahs to talk about tawakkul and a lot of hadith of course but I'm trying to summarize this as, as, as much as I can so it will not take so long time that it is available, uh, available for you inshallah subhanahu wa ta'ala Tawakkul actually is not one case yani we always try to divide things to make it easy to understand because when we understand the, the, the types of tawakkul or types of things then we can see why we have a problem this side or this side or the other side so let's see now what we mean by tawakkul in the case, in the case of types the first type of tawakkul or reliance is the tawakkul which is in Allah only subhanahu wa ta'ala 
And this is actually a sign of a true belief or faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When, when a person, when a Muslim really depends on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, relies on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every case of his life, that means he really has a strong faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a sign. It's a sign that this person really has a big faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second type of reliance or tawakkul, the reliance on the dead people. Do you think there is somebody that is depending on the dead people? Yes. There is lots of it. Unfortunately, they think that the dead people can't really help them out, take care of them, benefit them, save them. And we said this before when we talked about the warnings of Muhammad sallallahu and we warned his ummah from the three cases, exaggeration, constructing building on grave and performing prayer on the graveyard, just because he sallallahu alayhi wa told us in the other hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhum as that, how the first polarism happened among the sons of Adam. He said sallallahu in the hadith which is narrated by Ibn Abbas that sons of Adam stayed on monotheism for two centuries. Then five pious persons died almost in the same time. The names are mentioned in Surah Nuh. These five people died almost at the same time and they were pious persons. So the people felt that so sorry about that. So Shaitan came to them. And they say, he said, these people have gone. What can, we go, what can we do now to remember them? Why don't you draw pictures of them? So they draw pictures of them. Later on, another generation comes, another generation comes, then he said, why don't you make stations? for them. What did you make ideals, idols for them? So you remember their worshippers, you will do like them. So they did. Generation goes on, then they shaitan came to them and they say, why don't you worship them? Because your parents or your grandfathers or fathers, they were used to worship them. Go now and ask one of your children, when you pass by any of these graves which is worshipped instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask him about this grave. He will tell you that this grave is buried in this masjid because he has something special. Why not this person is buried in the other, with, other, with the others in the graveyard? Why is he buried in the masjid? Directly he said, there has to be something special about him. Of course there is something special about him. But it's not special that they may understand that they come and ask this person instead of Allah or ask barakah from him for blessing of Allah. No! It's the case that the special about this that this person really by shaitan he ordered the people to bury him in the masjid. Someone will jump on us and say, wait, wait, wait. Now you say it's not allowed to bury in the masjid? Of course not. What about Muhammad's grave? This question is always jumping, they always ask the same question. If Muhammad's grave is in the masjid, then you can't bury in the masjid. Wrong. The easiest answer is to say that Muhammad was not buried in his masjid. When he died, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was buried in his room or Aisha's room outside of the masjid. Remember this. Because if you come to these people and talk to them, don't bury people into masjid, they will tell you they see the great Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The answer is easy. That is it. Muhammad sallallahu was not buried in his masjid. He was buried in Aisha's room outside of the masjid. Later on the masjid was enlarged by Al-Walid al-Abdul Malik 
one of the Imam with Khalifa, and he included the room of Muhammad where Muhammad Abu Bakr and Umar were buried in that room. Those people who depend on these graves, why did they depend on them? Because of these exaggerating stories. When you come and ask these people who are believing in these dead people, why you do this to them? Why you ask them instead of Allah? Why did you ask Barakah from, why do you ask barakah from them? They will tell you these people are really pious persons. Khalandar Baba says the quote. These people really have something special. These people have done and done and he starts to give you, to give you a lot of stories. Hundreds of stories about this, this person who did this and did that and did that to the people. The people came and asked him to give this and he... He will give you some strange stories that nobody can believe. One of these stories, if you don't believe it, that I heard. One of them says that one lady, she had about 10 or 15 years with her husband, no children. And she went to so many doctors and they told her, no babies can be having. Khalas, you are, you are, not, you are uncapable of having babies. This is a story now. Superstitious story. Then this lady went to the grave and touched the grave for Baraka. Next day, she was pregnant. I'm afraid they will make the story later on, they will change the story also to say that she had a baby next day, not pregnant only. And people will come and accept that. There is one of them who have made a book of eight volumes, eight volumes with these stories. Such strange superstitious stories about these dead people. So don't be amazed if you see some people are depending on the dead people, they don't depend on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is actually major shirk, major polytheism. And these people are not counted as Muslims, they are counted as Mushrikeen because Allah called, us, called the people in his book Mu'mineen, Mushrikeen, Kafirin. These are the three types of people in the Holy Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first type of reliance or tawakkul is the, in the others, not the good people of course. These are two kinds. Yani in, this, in our life we have to have some kind of reliance on the others. But this is actually cannot go to the level of depending on Allah or depending on the, the dead people. It's depending on alive people. Depending on alive people who are capable, it's actually two kinds. If these people are with a higher status, yani managers, general managers, prince, minister, king, president, if he depends on them in, the, in his case of salary or money or risk, that's minor shirk. It is minor shirk. He's not excluded from Islam truly, but this is minor shirk, which is worse than drinking alcohol or riba or dinam. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to depend on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and believe these are only reasons to get the risk for us. Because Allah does not send the money from the sky. You will not see a check come to you from the sky with your name and in your salary. No. This money will come through such persons. So these such persons are the only reasons. They don't have anything to do with you. If Allah decides not to have the money, you cannot have it. Whether they want, these people want to give you or not. Among the, among the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةِ لَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَنْفَعُوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ بِشَيْءٍ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ If the whole nation gathered to give you some benefit, something to you, which Allah did not want, they cannot. 
And the other prophets, the hadith said, if the whole nation gathered to hurt you with something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not want them to hurt you with, they cannot hurt you. Very simple. Very easy. Every moment believe in that. But the case is that believing in here, when it comes to prophets, people really shake in this case. Why? It's so simple. Can these people hurt me? They cannot. I'll give you a solid example later on of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the case of Quraysh and Hud alayhi salam in the case of his people. The other kind of relying on the others, alive people of course, if they are lower status than you, status than you, they are lower status than you like. One of your employees, you're asking him to go to Jawazat for ta'qib as mu'aqtib, they call mu'aqtib as this example, take my passport please. Do this and this and that. So you are depending on him in this case, but you are higher than him. That's no problem. Or one of your staff, you tell him, go, go and bring me this or do that. So this is kind of reliance, but it's allowed, because you are higher than him in this case. You are not having in your heart that you are depending on him something, but in this case that you are ordering him, it's some kind of reliance. So this is allowed in Islam, alhamdulillah. Then comes the case. This is really a, a fantastic example, a fantastic examples of tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have two examples in here and we have, can have more examples actually, but let's see if we have a time for that. First example was when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in one of the battles, he was ready with his army, while the Qurayshis were against him, ready to fight him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and they were a lot of course. So one man came, not from Muslims, from other tribes. They, he came to Muhammad and said, Listen, Muhammad, they, these people are really gathering a lot of people against you. You have to be scared. You are going to be in trouble. How did he answer, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Listen to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, sitting up in the ayah. الَّذِينَ قَالَ لَهُمُ النَّاسُ إِنَّ النَّاسَ قَدْ جَمَعُوا لَكُمْ فَاخْشَوْهُمْ فَزَادَهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَقَالُوا حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ لَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ سُوءٍ وَاتَّبَعُوا رِضْوَانَ اللَّهِ When this, this man or these people came to Muhammad to scare him of Quraysh and the others, he said one word, حَسْبُنَ اللَّهِ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلِ Fantastic reliance on Allah. Very deep and true reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the result was in the next ayah. فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ لَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ سُوءٍ They came back with no troubles. That also reminds us of the case of Ibrahim before we talk about Hud alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam mentioned that Ibrahim alayhi salam said حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ when he was thrown into hellfire at the fire which is made by the, the people of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And there was a story they said that when Ibrahim was put on that instrument to throw him into the fire, Jibreel came to him while he was in that, or after he was pushed to go, he was in the way to the, the fire. Jibreel came to him and said, do you need any help from me? He said, from you, no. From Allah, yes. Hasbun Allah wa ni'mal wakil. When he said, Hasbun Allah wa ni'mal wakil, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the fire, the fire to be cold and safe. قُلْنَا يَا نَارُ كُونِي بَرْدًا وَسَلَامًا عَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمٍ Some of us said, he said, burden only he will be pleased. 
the fire will be freezing. But he said, Bardan wa salam. Cold and safe. So when the fire went off, they found Ibrahim السلام, doing his salah. And his, the rope which is on his hand was cut. Who changed the, the, the capability of fire to, to burn? Who did this? The one who is the Lord of the fire, Lord of Ibrahim, Lord of the people of Ibrahim. It's the word you say. Keep on saying it always if somebody comes or if you have a trouble or somebody is trying to hurt you. Say, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. Whenever you say this, Allah Ta'ala will say it. Ni'mal wakil, yes, he is the only one, subhanahu the best wakil, subhanahu wa ta'ala, who take care of his ibadah al-mu'mineen. His mu'mineen, his slaves of mu'mineen. Another story, a fantastic story, a fantastic example of dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the case of food. And that's really, really strange if you just come and see it, that these people of food are very nasty, very strong, very harsh. They wanted to hurt Nuh, the Hud alayhi salam. They wanted to kill him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that the people of Hud talked to him and said, قالوا يا هود ما جئتنا ببينة وما نحن أبتارك آلهة عن قولك وما نحن لك بمؤمنين إن راك إلا اعتراك بعض آلهتنا بسوء ولد ياسر قال إني أشهد الله واشهدوا بأن واشهدوا قال إني أشهد الله واشهدوا أني بريء مما تشركون I'm free of what you are worshipping من دونه فكيدوني جميعا all of you all of you I bet you cannot do anything to me all of you he was alone never was holding him alone against all of these people all of these enemies they are ready to kill him they are ready to hurt him but he was depending on Allah إني توكلت على الله ربي وربكم ما من دابة إلا هو آخذ بناصيتها لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله When you read these eyes Read them not with the eyes only Read them with the heart Read the meaning of these eyes You will be amazed How a single person One man Facing all of this nation of his strong people Still he is not really scared of them Because he is depending on the one who can do anything Subhanahu wa ta'ala If Allah is with us We don't care about the others If Allah is with us With Muslims With true Muslims they will not be afraid at all. وَكَيْفَ أَخَاهُ مَا أَشْرَكْتُمْ وَلَا تَخَافُونَ أَنَّكُمْ أَشْرَكْتُمْ بِاللَّهِ مَا لَمْ يُنَزِّلْ بِهِ عَلَيْكُمْ سُلْطَانًا فَأَيُّ الْفَرِيْقَيْنِ أَحَقُّ بِالْأَمْنِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَلَمْ يَلْبَسُوا إِيمَانَهُمْ بِظُلْمٍ أُولَئِكَ the case of tawakkul is a really strange thing when you feel it. Not only to say it, not only to think of it. It's the case of feeling tawakkul, dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallah, you don't care about anybody. Anybody, whoever he is. Whether he is a president, a minister, a soldier, who is he? You don't care about him. Why? Because if Allah is with you, why would you care about the others? Yes. 
The major case in here is to be with Allah. So Allah will be with us. As Muhammad Sallam told Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, احفظ الله يحفظك احفظ الله يعني keep Allah what do you mean by keep Allah يعني keep his orders refrain from what he told you not to do do what he told you what to do be in his track track of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم be for Allah only يحفظك he will keep you he will take care of you if Allah has taken care of us why do we care no one will hurt us unless Allah wants to hurt these people he allows them to hurt us and if he allows them to hurt us, it is really big wisdom in them. Some say, say these Muslims, these good believers, they are believing in Allah Taala. Still, they are hurted and killed by kafir. That's natural, because Allah Taala did not give us a guarantee that we are not going to be hurt in dunya. In fact, we are supposed to be hurt sometimes in this dunya, so our level in Jannah will be raised, and our bad deeds will be raised. As Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in the Hadith. إن الله إذا أحب عبدا ابتلاه when Allah had a love a slave of him سبحانه وتعالى he will test him الابتلاء means he is going to test him test him with what maybe test him with money with faith or test him with tragedies all are these are tests people usually they say test or Abtila, they go directly to the tragedies, losing money, losing children, losing jobs, having sickness and so on. No, there is a worse test, a stronger test than that which is the test of money, the test of wealth. Lots of people will, will pass the test of tragedies, but they will not pass the test of wealth. When it's tragedy, he is losing his money, he is losing his health, he is getting closer to Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. But when he has money, wealth, Fame is too busy to say, Ya Allah. And you can see this very easy and very simple. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as I said before, He told us in Surah At-Tawbah about one story of these stories happened to the people. That man who was the pigeon of the masjid. The pigeon of the masjid. He was always in the masjid. He never leaves the masjid. With Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to touch that man. So that man came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said, Ya Rasulullah, ask Allah for me. To give me money and health and wealth and so on. Because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa knows or knew that he, this man cannot really handle this. He told him, don't. Don't ask for that. Later on, again he asked Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the same question. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the same answer. Third time, then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa asked Allah for him. So that man became rich man. He is no more the pigeon of the masjid. He is only coming to some salah. The other he is too busy with his animals outside of Medina. Later on he is only coming for Jumu'ah. Later on he is not coming even for Jumu'ah. Because his money is more and more he is outside of Medina. Later on Muhammad Sallallahu sent him a man to collect zakat from him. He rejected zakat. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala named him as a hypocrite. ومنهم من عاهد الله لئن آتانا من فضله لنصدقن ولنكونن من الصالحين فلما آتاهم من فضله بخلدوا به وتولوا وهم معرضون فأعقبهم نفاقا في قلوبهم إذا يوم يلقونه بما أخلف الله ما وعدوه It is a test. Test is not only a jail. It 
this is not only a tragedy but the strongest test is the world you can see around you see a lot of people jails, hurted, troubled have had tragedies lost their children, lost their money, lost their, uh, their health uh, but they are still patient they are still getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but on the other side unfortunately you will not see a lot of them when they are tested with money, with wealth they used to be in the masjid always now he is stupid to go to the masjid he has a meeting with such and such company and he has a business in here and business in that and he is traveling all around the world and he is meeting this and he is little bit and little bit until he goes and joins the parties because it, he has to have parties he cannot, he is a businessman now he cannot stay at home and uh, work he has to go to these parties and join these parties which is full of alcohol and bad women but it's business Nisha. it's business, he has to do it so he goes on and on until he reaches the point that one day he may leave Islam totally not everyone will do this of course but this is just the way which happens to a lot of people and a, a smart Muslim will really have to take care of himself not to follow this not everyone will pass the test of wealth so we have to be careful last point we have to talk about actually tonight which is the case of does tawakkul mean that we are not going to take the reasons in our life yani a person who is depending on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his rizq that means he is not going to work a, pers- a person who is depending on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his health will not go to the doctor some people think it's this way yani if you have strong tawakkul reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you are not supposed to go to the doctor you are not supposed to go to work your rizq is already written which is really wrong understanding of tawakkul how do, we, how do we know that? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us that in the hadith which is corrected by Al-Albani rahimahullah he said Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith the meaning of this hadith is that if you depend on Allah through dependence like the birds which is depending on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the birds leave their nest in the morning hungry and they come back full now be careful these birds are depending on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truly clear no problem this is the case but why he said they go and come back there has to be a reason we have to go and come back yes we want to do this we have to go we cannot sit at the message and say, Khalas, our rest will come. Of course, our rest will come, but it will, maybe it will come in the wrong way by begging the others. A Muslim is not supposed to be a beggar. A Muslim is a hard worker. Harith wa Hammam. These are the best names or the strongest names that Muhammad Sallallahu mentioned about the names. Harith wa Hammam, the one who is working. Harith is the one who is the farmer who is working. Hammam, the one who has a, a strong intention to work. So we are supposed to work in our life was the correct work, work but we are not supposed to depend on this reason another wrong way dependence is not to leave a reason and dependence also not to depend on the reason sometimes they depend on the reason this work is my risk yeah, like one day he's not saying by his tongue but he's saying by his action that this work this company is his lord on risk his provider subhanallah 
So leave those wrong side and go on the right side, the correct side, which is having the dependent and also doing the action, doing the reasons. A person who is sick, what is he supposed to do? First of all, he should depend on Allah and his cures. But at the same time, he should also go to a doctor. Does that contradict? No. Going to the doctor is doing the reason. But his mind, his heart is dependent on Allah Taala, because he knows and he believes that if the task, if Allah did not want him to be cured from this sickness, if one thousand doctors come to him, they will not do anything. It's only that Allah will allow the doctor to cure him. So both reasons, both tawakkul, dependence on Allah Taala, and doing the reasons are together. They must be done at the same time. Depend on Allah while you are doing the reason. One last example. And a Bedouin man came to Muhammad sallallahu to his masjid for salah. When he came in, he had a camel. He came by camel. He left the camel beside the door of the masjid and he gets into the masjid. He gets into the masjid for salah. After salah, he left the masjid. He did not find his camel. So he was amazed. Ya Rasulullah, my camel has gone away. My camel has gone away. So he said, did you uh, tie his rope? He said, no, I, I was relying on Allah Taala. I had tawakkul in Allah Taala. Ah, so he told him, fantastic sentence. I'qilha wa tawakkul. Tie it and have it in this Allah Taala. Both. I'qilha wa tawakkul. That's why we are using this so much in Arabic. Means tie your camel to something and also have to work on the same time. Somebody will say, what do you use to depend on Allah if I am tying the camel? Because if you tie the camel and you have no work on the Allah, Allah wants this camel will go away somewhere or another. A young child will come and pull the rope and the camel is gone away. So work is needed, but also we do the research. That's quick. Explaining to what we mean by yani, uh, reasons and tawakkul in the same time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as He gathered us in this masjid, to accept what we have said, what we have heard, and to put it in our mizan on the judgment day. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammad wa alayhi wa sallam. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. and any other grave which is before the masjid. The masjid was constructed on. In fact, this masjid was basically a place of worship for Yehudis and then it became for Christians. Then Mahaliyah converted into more. So, the question comes in here. One of them are before. Whether the masjid or the grave. Of course, the grave is before because Yahya is before Islam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, when Muslims came and they made that grave as a masjid, which was maybe it was a church or something, right? So if it's changed to a masjid, we would say it's not allowed. Because this is wrong doing. 
What we, are, what we mean by the case of the grave in the masjid, we mean that it is not allowed in Islam because Muhammad sallallahu in clear hadith told us that not to pray where graves are. Yani, not in the graveyard only, but if there is a grave in the masjid, we are not supposed to pray in it. And also not to construct buildings onto the grave. So we have two cases. Whether the grave is before, yani, if we have a, a piece of land, and there is a grave for a pious person or some pious person, then we are not allowed at all to construct a masjid in that area. Vice versa, if there is a masjid, we are not allowed to bury any person, whoever he is, even if he is the one who made this masjid or he paid for the masjid, we are not allowed to put the, the grave in there. Because both of them are ways to polish. Even the, يعني, the grave of Muhammad is a better uh, يعني, uh, example than this uh, other masjid. So, Muhammad is grave is there. Uh, they, they think now, the people think that the grave of Muhammad is in the masjid. That's what they say. When they go to, to Medina, you know, when they come to, to the masjid, they see the grave of Muhammad The room where there is a grave is in the masjid. I'm not saying the grave in the masjid. No, it's incorrect. The room is in the masjid. Because the room area is not part of the masjid. It is a room. It's not, uh, يعني, if the grave was in the masjid, يعني, here or there, and it's open to, يعني, to pray beside it, then they would say it is in the masjid. But actually it is a room. And the room is still as it is in the beginning, I mean, the, the area of it. Two meters, two meters or more than that. So in this case, what this Al-Walid ibn Abdul Malik, this Khalifa, Amawi Khalifa, did was incorrect. Although Sahaba, some of the Sahaba, some uh, Tabi'een, al Hassan Basri and the others told him not to do so. They told him, if you want to magnify enlarge the masjid, do it on the other side. Leave the room as it is or in the place. Keep the masjid far away. He said, no, how, what are you going to do with the, the rawda of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, member of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? So he made it, he magnified or enlarged it in the wrong way, both inside and so the, the grave or the, the room of the grave was there. But still I will say that it's incorrect. A question comes in here if you want to ask this question. I know the people asking this question always. Say, why didn't the Saudi government change this wrong thing. You say this is not allowed, it's wrong, why the Saudi government did not change? Uh, what I answer always is that the same thing that happened to Muhammad when he came to Mecca and he took Mecca from Qurayshi Kafirs, okay, and he, that was in the year of, of Hijrah, the year of 8th of Hijrah, he told our mother Aisha, just because your people, the people of the Hadith, just because your people are new in Islam, otherwise I will destroy Al-Kaaba and rebuild it in Ibrahim basis. Kaaba and Ibrahim basis was like this. Rectangle. Not square. That's why you see Al-Hijr there. Because this part is Kaaba. You cannot, it is not supposed to brain. So this Kaaba was rectangle. Now when Quraysh rebuilt it after the flood, they built it only square because they did not have enough money. So Muhammad was telling Aisha, just because your people are new in Islam, otherwise I will destroy Kaaba and rebuild it on Ibrahim's basis. So why didn't he do it, because he was afraid that people will say, oh, Muhammad is destroying the Kaaba. Oh, fitna, big fitna will happen, big trouble, people will come back and maybe reject Islam. So he said, I'm not going to do this now. Same thing for the great Muhammad If we come to the point that the ulama, or the scholars of Saudi government, the first Saudi government when they occupied or took Medina from Uthmanis in the year of 1218 Hijriya, they thought of this. They thought of Changing the situation of the masjid, whether to move the graves of Muhammad Sallallahu and Abu Bakr and Umar to the Al-Gharqad or another area or to change the masjid itself by moving it some other side which is far away from the grave. But they remember this hadith and say if we do so, what will happen among Muslims? 
First people who do this again and will, will destroy the Saudi government are the Indians because they are majority, mashallah. They will come and kill these people, Saudis, the Wahhabis who are destroying the great Muhammad sallallahu That's what they understand. That's what will be said to these people, oh, these Wahhabis are destroying the great Muhammad sallallahu They are destroying the Masjid Muhammad sallallahu Yallah, let's go. And they come in here and make jihad again. So this fitna, to stop this fitna, we have to stop it. Otherwise, it's incorrect to have the, masjid, the room of Muhammad sallallahu in the masjid. I have no idea about this case. Yani, did Muawiyah uh, yani, didn't move this? When was it converted to Muslim? In the time of Muawiyah or before? I have no idea. I have studied about this. I didn't read about this. Thank you for voicing this one. Yes, brother. Huh? Because there is a clear hadith of Muhammad صلى الله correct hadith, authentic hadith says, "Al-ahd al-ladhi bainana wa bainahum as-salah, faman tarakaha faqad kafar." This is the only worshiping that Muhammad صلى الله told us that the one who leaves it totally is the kafir. So kafir is not accounted a Muslim. You cannot make janaza on him. You cannot put him even in the grave, the graveyard of Muslims. But we have to be careful. Some Muslims, some madhab, they say this kafir here is not a major kafir. It's a minor kufr, so he's still a Muslim, although he's a bad Muslim. Yeah, we don't want to push so much in this, but in yeah, the system which is said by a scholar says, whenever you have an ayah or hadith giving a strong judgment, keep it as it is. So people will refrain from doing it. But when you come to judge person, be careful. When you come to judge person, be careful. Whoever leaves salah, he is a kafir. Muhammad and Ahmed and Ali is here covered because he's in Salah. We have to be careful here. We're not just going and personalize these people as covered because it's dangerous. There are, as you remember, four conditions and four barriers. We have to have them all together in order to say this person is a covered. But the hadith is clear. The hadith is clear. Al-Ahd, al-Ladhi baynana wa baynahum as-salah. Faman tarakaha, baqad kabar. Sheikh bin Baz is an example who was asked about a person who makes his alarm clock at 7 o'clock in the morning. Intentionally, he sleeps at night, he has no intention to wake up for the Fajr prayer at all. Now, 7 o'clock means that the sun is already right. So, the time of Salat al Fajr is already gone. So, this person is moving Salat from its time, which is mentioned by Muhammad Sallam, then this guy, as Shaykh Mubarak said, he is a kafir and major kafir. One Salat, not all his life. Why Muslims are having a problem in this case? Because Lots of Muslims, they say, Iman or faith or Islam is only by heart. No need to talk. Some of them, you have to talk also, you know, just by heart and by talking. But action is not part of it. So, Salah is action, not part of, it, uh, of the case of Yani Kuf. Leaving Zakah, leaving the Salah, leaving this, leaving this, this is not part of Kuf, so no problem. Just say, Ashhadu Allah, Muhammad Rasulullah, and you are in Jannah. And they give you this hadith, Man qala la ilaha dakhla Jannah. Say, fine. True, this hadith is authentic. It's Sahih. But it's not the only hadith about this case. Yani don't go on, uh, these persons they go like, like the person who is picking some eyes which is serving his idea and leaving the other eyes which is not serving his idea or against his idea. Like they say, وَلَا تَقْرَبُ الصَّلَاةَ Don't come to salah. وَيْلُ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ يعني 
people who is praying are going to wail, which is the Jahannam. They complete the ayah. You see how it is. وَلَا تَقْرَبُ السَّلَاةَ وَأَنْتُمْ سُكَارَ While you are drunk. Ah. And the other ayah, وَيْلِ الْمُسَلِّدِ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ Those people who are busy away from their salah. They are waiting for them. So these people, they come and pick up the eyes which is serving their idea. That's why we have a fantastic rule in Islam. They say, use the evidences before you have the idea. Don't have the idea and go and grab the evidences for it. This is bid'ah. It's easy, oh, that's why these people oh, who are having horses, they have the idea in their mind, then they go to Quran and Sunnah and pick up the eyes which is serving their idea. This is incorrect. The correct thing is to read the Quran about some case. One case, you grab all the eyes about the case, this case, all hadith about this case, then have the decision. Have the judgment of the case. Not to go and say, okay, I want this to be haram. Well, let's go and find one eye, two eyes. Oh, see, Quran. I'm giving you an ayah. Why you say it's not? It's haram. Say the Habib, read all the eyes about this case. Read all the hadith about this case. Don't say the eyes which is really serving your idea. Because these eyes or these hadith may be already abrogated. Maybe have been shortened. Maybe have been specialized for some people. Why to jump on? Like this Shia, they are saying now the case of the Wajil Mut'ah. Mut'ah means they are marrying in certain time for certain money. I don't know what you call it in English, but it's Mut'ah. Mut'ah means a man comes to a lady saying, why don't you marry for uh, one week? We travel together to Europe, you know, why don't you marry, you know? Huh? Then you come back, khalas. Then you go. No need for divorce in here, khalas. Automatically, after the time is finished, divorce is there, khalas. No need. How much will you pay? This much money, khalas. This was, this was allowed once in Islam. But later on, Muhammad has also forbidden this kind of marriage forever. Ibn Abbas died while he still, عنه, was still thinking that he, it is allowed. Because he did not hear the last, last hadith. So we have to be careful. Not to take just certain hadith or certain ayat and leave the rest. We have to take all. As we said, when we do in the university, when we want to make research, what do we do? We gather all the cases or the matters about this case, put them all together, then we take out the decision. Not before that. Not to come and take one, from one book, one case, and from other book, another case, and put them all together. This is my evidence. No, this is not enough evidence. A Muslim who wants to make a decision about some case, if he is capable of reading Quran and Sunnah and understanding them, he should take all the ayahs, all the hadith about this case, then read them, understand them, then give the decision of it, which is fatwa. People like me who cannot make fatwa, they can listen to this cause who makes fatwa, and take from them. Sheikh Mbaz, Sheikh Mahdimin, Sheikh Sheikh, he takes from them what they have decided upon their understanding of Quran and Sunnah, alhamdulillah. That's even worse. Because those people who are asking people to worship them, not worshipping when he is out. Because, because it's not, we're not talking about the worshipping of, of bowing or kissing hands and so on. We're, we're talking about worshipping of total obedience, as an example. As Allah tells in his holy book, So Adi ibn Hatim was just newly Muslim, he was a Christian, so he said, Allah, we did not worship them. He said, you did. Didn't they? Didn't they? 
make the haram thing halal for you when you accept it? He said yes. He said, didn't they make the halal thing haram for you when you accept it? He said yes. That this is the worship. Hold on. So these people, these, these yani, uh, somebody who called them scholars or so on, they told, told people things that, which is really, maybe it is halal to make it haram for them or vice versa. And the people accept Why you go to Turkey? Go to the parliament. These people who are in the parliament, they make halal things haram. haram. In Arabian and Muslim countries, they sit down, if they are 100 uh, members of the, the, this uh, parliament, they say, okay, how about alcohol? Shall we make it halal or haram? What do you mean, shall, shall we? It's already haram. No, no, no. We have to have democracy. So, 52 or 51 of the 100, they say we want it to be halal for people. This is halal. It's television. It's worshipping these people who accept. If the people accept this, it's worshipping them. Because they await them in the case which is against the Quran and Sunnah. So, even allies or dead people, we have to be careful. We obey people only if they are obeying Allah Taala, or not disobeying Allah Taala. Yani example which is mentioned by the Hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, "لا طاعة لمخلوق في معصية الخالق." No creature to be obeyed in the disobedience of Allah. إنما الطاعة في المعروف. Only on معروف you are obeying. That's why the ayah Allah Taala said, "وأطيعوا الله independently, وأطيعوا الرسول independently." وأولي الأمر منكم. He did not say وأطيعوا. Why? Because these أولي الأمر whether scholars or rulers are going to be obeyed only if they obey Allah and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If they disobey them, we don't allow them. We do not follow them. We do not obey them. يعني if 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 the head of the the minister and the governor or the king or the president or whoever it tell people not to pray at certain times. They say no. Make it with an asr. We are going to read. Because we are too busy, we will have a lot of work to be done. Khalid said, Lord, by then, later on. After work, after 5 o'clock, as example. If the people obey him, this is good. If they obey him, obey him they are captured. Yeah, this, we call them karama. Yeah. It's not karama, actually, it is shaitani. أحوال أحوال شيطانية في الإمام الشافعي told about that. الإمام الشافعي told about this. He said, how do you differentiate between between يعني كرامة and the play around with شيطان or using the devil jinn? It depends on the person himself. See the person himself. Is he a good Muslim? Then this is could be كرامة. It could be كرامة. But that does not mean that I will worship him or give him what he. If he is making karamah, it's karamah accepted in Islam, it's known. Yes, yes. As, I mean, what happened to uh, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas, when he was in, in the Qadisiyah battle, he wanted to fight the Parisians military, but he couldn't because there was a river. So he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they passed the river, their horses walked in the water. That's karamah. Even now, don't go to the Sahaba, nowadays, Especially in the first Afghani jihad against the Russians, there was a lot of karamat. We have seen it by our own eyes. Ah, that is if they are true karamas. But if you read these books, you'll be amazed how, how could be, could be. We are not saying all of them are incorrect, but some of them clearly are lies and bad even. Yeah, some really bad. If you read them, you'll be you'll touch your head. They're saying some really bad things about. 
these people they are doing like the karamah. Ish hal. How, how come karamah will, will be uh, so dirty like this? And uh, um, a pious person will do this, such, such dirty things? Unbelievable. I don't want to say it because the message is clean. I don't want to say these things. But if you uh, hear about, you'll be amazed. How a man who is saying that he is a pious and he is also doing such a, a dirty thing. Yani, subhanallah, just an example of those, yani, one of them they said his sheikh, the sheikh of tariqah, you know, he's, he's a Sufi sheikh. He goes to the, his, his follower or Tilmi's house and he goes to the bedroom and takes the wife of the Tilmi's for dinner. And the Tilmi's say, no, 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 he's not doing dinner, he's just only testing us to see how far are we believing in him. Could this happen from a wise person? From a sheikh? Subhanallah al But shaitan is smart again. He makes people really do Those people also, they may use also uh, defugees. And they do this a lot. They use the defugees, they make contracts with them to do something that is, which is uh, unusual. Fly in the, in the air or uh, change things upside down. Uh, or find things which is lost, or knowing the un- un- unknown or unseen world, or ghaib and so on. How do we do that? Ah, ghaib. They do this. But how? Through the devilages. They are good jins, yes, but you cannot use them. Because it, it will be dangerous. I don't want to go for a while. So level 2, inshallah, we'll talk about this very clearly, inshallah. <laughs> yes, inshallah. Exactly, it's not changing the deed. It's not changing the deed. Yeah. But yeah. what karama we are believing in is karama of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How many karama he did sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Even though, for persons we are not supposed, we are not supposed to demand in the case of karamas because this could lead a lot of people to remain in the track. Yes. Allah may give him a karama. Yes. 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 I am not supposed also to go and ask this person things that which is only for Allah subhanahu wa taala because he having a karama. Yes, you are right. That's allowed, this is allowed tawassul, yes, this is allowed tawassul, this is allowed tawassul, yes, 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 to ask a good person to, to make dua for you, this is done by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, himself. So this drama can make a difference when you are complaining, that's not, that's not right for, you know, complaining in the end of the time. But be careful, yani, first of all, make sure that this is true karama, not, uh, jazakumullah khayyasi, inshallah.